good deal. So good to have everybody in church here today. You guys may be seated. We're going to move on because we got a special guest inside of the house and I got questions for him and man, he's got some good stuff for us here today. But if you're new and you're visiting, man, it's so good to have you. We are a church that is after the unchurched. I'll tell you, we want our church to look like Target because Target looks like heaven. Going to Target, you see everybody up in that place, right? We used to say Walmart, but we upgraded, you know, just upgraded. Target became more popular, you know. But we love seeing unchurched people, far, people that are far from God, disconnected, or maybe disenfranchised with church. You know, we've all grown up in a, in a religious world where, man, church was so irrelevant. Um, but, man, we want to see people that have be, become de-churched. Um, we want to help them reconnect to the church because this isn't about a man's work. This is about Jesus Christ building this house and connecting with people that desperately need them. And we've got so far away from the church being a place for broken people, right? We've made it into a place that needs to be perfect people coming. We're broken people like us, misfits. Come on, I'm just saying us. We know we are messed up, tore up from the floor up, but Jesus, amen. I always say when Jesus puts his butt on you, man, life is good, Amen. Um, but we're here and rocking and rolling and we get to do this. We've been in the mix for seven years and our future is bright. So let's lock in. Let's get loaded. And um, no, it's not, it's not the right way to say it. Let's lock in. Let's not get loaded. That is not what we want to say. That came out completely wrong. Um, so don't do that. But let's lock in and let's roll. That's what I meant to say. Amen. Future is bright for our church. We're here to make a difference in our city. You know, if we can't reach the world, we're definitely going to try to reach our city. We're changing the spiritual climate of our city uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and living as Jesus has called us to live. So let's go, let's rock and roll. Now, uh, uh, we had Pastor Cruz last week. If you were here last week, man, Pastor Cruz don't play. That boy can preach and he's smart too, right? I, hate, I don't like being around people that make you feel dumb. He's one of those guys. Um, and, uh, but he's an incredible message when he spoke last week. And man, he just speaks so highly of our church. He is behind us. He is for us and uh, loves this house. So man, that was incredible. And it just so happened that we're bringing another person in this week, uh, David Nurse. I always want to say Pastor David, David Nurse. I don't know why in my head. But um, I met him a couple months ago in August and uh, we were at a pastor's retreat together. And it's, it's kind of like pastor's retreat and people leading an industry. It's not all pastors. It's like just faith people getting together. And there's a lot of different individuals there with us from multiple different fields of stuff. And David Nurse was there. And uh, I was out there shooting, playing basketball. I went 15 for 18. You know, your boy showed out. I can't, you know, Pearl Street's got to show strong anywhere we go, okay? We can't go anywhere looking like chumps, okay? So I was showing out well, you know, uh, thinking, do I break this? Do I not? I'm just going to switch it. Okay, cool. We good. And uh, David came out, and we got to shoot a little bit, and he respected the shot. So I'm um, like, cool. But uh, there's a kindred spirit there, and uh, we're becoming friends. I think we're becoming friends. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you like, we're best friends. <laughs> we're becoming friends. We are, and uh, it's awesome. And he's a great guy. Uh, he can tell you all that he does, but as far as what I know, he does a lot more than what I know. But he's a podcaster. He's written books. He's an author. He's a, a personal optimization coach. Look it up, Barbara. Um, and married to an actress. That's about what I know. NBA shooting coach. That's another one. Anything else that I want to say? He's handsome. Yeah, he's handsome. Now, here's the deal. He's never spoken in a church before. Pearl Street Church is the first church he's ever spoken to. He always speaks in companies. and <laughs> He was just with the Iowa Hawkeyes, not Buckeyes, Hawkeyes, 
on Friday speaking to their basketball team and encouraging them. And so he's taking what he does in that world and bringing it into our world. So we gotta be the best cheerleaders today because he's talking about breakthrough today. Um, but this may be his breakout moment in the church world. So we can't let him, we can't look like chumps as he breaks into this arena. So let's give it up for the one and only David Nurse in the house here today. The intros keep getting better and better, baby. Keep getting better and better. Hopefully my mic is on. Is it on? Wow, man. It's like I've done this a time or two before. You will get your agent fees soon. That's a man. Makes me sound way cooler than I am. I like how he sets it up too. Like first time speaking in a church. Like you know what? That's it's kind of like you go to that movie where you don't expect it to be very good, so you don't have high expectations. You come out of there like, hey, that was better than I thought. That's what I'm going for. Let's set the bar low and let's come high. Hey, I'm just glad to be here. Yesterday, trying to get here, American Airlines. You know these all these flight delays and technical issues. We had to go to another one and go to another one. And it's like three hours, four hours in. I'm like, right, you might have to prepare a message, man. I ain't going to be able to get here. It might be tough. Finally, by God's grace, we got here late at last night. And thank you, God, for giving us an extra hour tonight, too. Last night, maybe tonight, too. But I'm just glad to be here. I've made it here. Because if I wasn't here, I wouldn't have been able to experience Magnolia's pancakes this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Magnolia's pancakes. Hey, I need a deal with them. So if you go there, just let them know David Nurse wants a deal. Free pancakes for life. Hey, I want you guys all to stand up real quick. Give some high fives. Thank you, each other, for being out here. Yes. High five. What up? Yes. You made it. You made it out today. You made it out. You're going to be way better than the 9 a.m. Come on. There's a high five. All right, while you're standing, while you're standing, let's take the next seven minutes to talk to a total stranger and pour all your heart out to him. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I always drove me nuts when pastors like, oh, we're going to take 30 seconds and just meet somebody new. And it's like 10 minutes later, like, whoa, 30 seconds, the longest 30 seconds of my life. But I need you to give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause for being out here. Now I have a standing ovation. Everything is Instagram, that is life. Nobody knows what happens in here just as long as it lives on Instagram. So I'm good, you guys can take a seat. Hey, big, big question for you here. What is the biggest issue that we face? You say your son? <laughs> what is the biggest issue that we face? Come on, shout it out. Interactive, ourselves, yes. The biggest issue, the biggest problem. Identity, man, we're hitting on all really good ones. Would you <laughs> hey, come here. Would you say, you know you're in Texas, baby. I love it, though. I love it. Hey, would you say that it's fear, the biggest issue? Like that you have fear of something, that you're living in fear? Yeah, I agree. But it's not fear of what you see. It's not even fear of death. And most people say a fear of public speaking is even more frightful than death it is is. But if I told you when you were gonna die, the day that you die, the exact day that you die, man, you'd be, hey, you'd be preparing for it, right? I'd be on the beach in Hawaii with my wife, preparing for it. Because, because what we really fear, the true fear, is uncertainty. Think about that. What is, uh, what is uncertain in your life? What are you fearing that's uncertain? It's a, it's a living in the worst case scenarios that's going to come up. Uncertainty is the biggest fear that keeps us away from who we are truly made to be, who God truly made us to be because we are uncertain. We guard, we defend ourselves. Man, years ago, I went Australia. I was in Australia, and I wanted to do something scary. 
challenge myself. And I went great white shark cage diving. Yeah, they take you way out there like five hours away, so if you get eaten, no one even knows. They put you in this cage. This guy here, guy here, guy here, guy here. You're seeing these sharks, they're like prehistoric, man. They're like 12 feet long. These teeth are just gonna eat your head off, rows and rows and rows of them. And there's a, hey, there's a good gap there. You stick your hand out there, thing's gone. But it's not the part when you're looking them right in the eyes that's scary. Because you can see them, you know what's there. But it's when you look out and you don't see anything. You don't know when they're gonna strike. It's the uncertainty that is the scariest part. Think about that in your lives. What are you uncertain? How your kids are gonna grow up in a world like this? If your job's gonna still be where it is a month from now, if this world is still gonna be around a year from now, who knows? It's uncertain and we live in that fear. So think about that. Think about that right now in your life, uncertainty. So that's the biggest problem, okay? And by the time we walk out of here, we're going to be able to throw uncertainty out the window. We're going to just take it and it's gone. What's the biggest lie? You might know what the biggest lie we tell ourselves is. No one tells themselves a lie. Everybody is, boom, we're good. No one's lying to themselves. Really? Amazing, guys. Amazing. No, the biggest lie, if we could wrap it up in one word, potential. You heard that word? Potential. Potential. You have the potential to do this. I've been around a lot of NBA players with it. Potential to be the best. Potential to be a superstar. Like, you have potential. Or maybe it's someone that's putting these, these, these limits on you because that's what potential is. It's just limits we place upon ourselves, limits somebody else will place upon it. Maybe a boss says, you'll never reach this level. You are only a, uh, can make $50,000 a year. Like, that's it. And then that's the, that's the world you live in. Or you, have, you wanted to be something when you were younger, and your parents said, no, you can never do that, you can't do that. that. That's the potential shielding us in. Or that you wanted to play in the NBA, and they said you can't even play college basketball, and you're from the middle of nowhere, cornfields of Iowa, with you're 6'2", and you don't even have a vertical leap that can get off the ground. Sound a little bit too, uh, too real, like someone's story. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Middle of nowhere, cornfields of Iowa. Yeah, anybody else from Iowa? Do we got some Iowa? Come on, Iowa, Pella, Iowa, Dutch letters, you know it, windows and Dutch letters. But I wanted to play in the NBA, and like, you know, I'm not very athletic, and my parents probably should have said play tennis or golf, something like that, but I loved basketball. I poured everything I had into it, everything, and I got to play college basketball, and I'm playing professionally overseas, and it sounds really cool to say professionally overseas, right? But it was more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro type of league. If you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. More of a joke of a league. And, and here I am playing the second division Spain and I'm doing two a days. I'm doing film study. I'm doing all this extra work. And all the rest of my team was like, where's the party at afterwards? And I was pouring everything into it and I get cut. So think about this in your life. Think about it. Like something that you've poured your whole life into, it's taken away from you. Your hopes, your goals, your dreams turned upside down. My face rubbed in the dirt. I'm back home living on my parents' recliner chair. I'm feeling bad for myself, five or six months. And, and my mom would always say these inspirational, motivational quotes. And it's usually like, whatever, mom, in one, hour, in one ear, out the other ear, what, whatever. And she said this one that stuck with me vividly. Like, I remember it to this day. I was kicked back in my recliner chair. She was doing dishes. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. Mom, what? What? It's one door, one door, right? Where's this four doors? Where's this beachfront patio? But what she was saying, it hit me. Everything that I poured into playing in the NBA, my goals, my dreams, was actually not for myself. 
It wasn't for me to reach the NBA, but it was for me to teach others that had more God-given ability, seven foot height and athleticism to get to the NBA. That's what my true calling was. That was my little pivot, shift of perspective. Okay, now I'm coaching in the NBA. I'm gonna coach in the NBA. If only I knew somebody who coached in the NBA that could help me get in. I didn't. So I hand wrote a letter to every NBA GM. Three weeks go by, nothing comes in. Then I get a call from the GM of the Los Angeles Clippers at the time, Gary Sachs. We had a normal conversation. He basically said, you know, if you're out in LA, look me up, we'll grab coffee. Basically, good luck with the rest of your life. So guess what I did? I booked a ticket right after that. Next week, I'm gonna be out in LA. I used all my money, stole some of my parents' money. I'm out in LA next week. Hey, I'm acting like I had a basketball camp, so I didn't seem desperate. We have a great conversation. We hit it off. All my NBA connections came from that one right there. I ended up living with Gary when I moved out to LA. He was one of the guys in my wedding, actually, all from that connection. But it didn't just happen, you know, like, okay, you make a great connection. Okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. No, you go do. You got to go do. You have to put it in. I made these customized basketballs from China like white line down the middle so you can see the rotation. I'm telling you, hey, this guy, he's got a shot. Like, I'm not even kidding, he's got a shot. But here's my question though, I thought of when he said like, who takes their stats, 15 of 18, who takes their stats in a pickup game? <laughs> All right, we'll get to that later. But anyways, I get these balls, I get these balls sent to the Oakland Seaport. I get in my car, I drive out there 29 hours, put them in my trunk and I'm driving all over the country, sleeping in my car in well-lit Walmart parking lots, staying on friends' couches who really don't even know that I'm their friend, but I'm just, man, I'm doing everything. Like I'm just running camp, 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 camp. Five years of doing this. I wake up, Melbourne, Australia, doing a camp out there. Look at my email, it says Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. I'm like, this has gotta be spam. I had that check mark, I was gonna delete that thing, uh-uh, spam. The next week, I'm the Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. I'd made it, right? I made it to the NBA. My goals, my hopes, my dreams. Hold that thought, though. We'll get back to that, okay? Remember that, all right? The real question is, though, why are we here today? Well, why am I here today? You guys are here. You guys are here to hear, hear the word, and, and we'll get into that. I'm going to tell you, though, like, I'm not one of those guys that can just bust out like Isaiah 46. Mm, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. So... Why we are here, would you guys say you want a breakthrough in some capacity of your life? Breakthrough meaning, hey, that potential, boom, we're out doing it. That uncertainty, yep, see you later. Some type of breakthrough. Yes? Yes? Come on, come on, yes. I do. But breakthroughs, when you think of that word, it's, it's, it's abstract, right? What the heck is it? I can't grasp it. It's, I don't know what it is. It's these little happy accidents that happen that we don't know how to recreate. It's just luck, right? What if I was to tell you, man, there's a formula, a tried and true formula over years and years of working with NBA players, CEOs, coaches, all of this. And I don't say that to say, hey, look at me, I'm so good. I say, look at me, you guys are so good. I know if I can do something like that, anybody can, living in this breakthrough mode. So we're gonna have a formula and we're also gonna have a tool. We are going to have a tool that we can kick this formula into play at any time. Okay, you guys cool with that? You walk out of here, you got something to take away? Yes? Okay, but before we get there, we're gonna figure out what this tool is. You guys are gonna help me figure this out. It's like a journey we're going through together. So this guy, Jesus, you know him, Jesus? Yes, all right, that's why we're here. He was a tecton for 30 years, a tecton or a carpenter, 
whichever one the translation says, but either way, he's got these tools. He's chiseling away, chiseling away the granite for 30 years before he starts his ministry, or he's sawing, making these beautiful tables, working with these tools. So these tools that we have can be used for great things, right? These tools can be used. You got a hammer. Anybody building houses? Anybody do anything handy? My wife will tell you, she's listening to this, like, I have zero handy skills. Zero. If it has more than one instruction, nah, -uh, I'm out. It's amazing. So this hammer is a great tool to be used to build great houses, but it also can be the most deadly murder weapon there is, right? So it's the way you use a tool. The decisions we make determine the breakthroughs that we create. These decisions, these daily choices that we make, that is what's going to be the breakthrough. So we have some verses that Jesus is talking about, God's talking, God's word is talking about these tools. And I want, to, I want you guys to see if you can figure out what the tool is going to be. Matthew 14, 31. Immediately, okay, you guys are going to figure this out with me, okay? It's like the game of Clue. You got to figure this thing out. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, his hand, his hand, and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Matthew 8, 3, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Beautiful. Luke 24, 39, see my Oh my gosh, you guys are geniuses. And my feet, that it is I myself, touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. All these hands references. There must be something to these hands, right? In God's good word, he's talking about using these hands. He's given us these tools. This right here, hand, right hand, left hand. These are our tools that are going to be able to ignite our breakthrough. So when you walk out of the door today, you've got your hands in your pockets, wherever they might be. You have them at all times to live in the breakthrough mode. You guys ready to get rolling in this? Yeah, yeah okay. I need to see everybody roll up their sleeves. Come on. This shows me that you're ready to dive in even if you don't have sleeves. Okay, we gotta get this formula though. We talked about this formula. So the first part of the formula, everybody go through this with me, okay? This is the formula. This is the formula of the breakthrough mode. Confidence, repeat it after me, confidence. confidence. Plus cooperation. Plus, cooperation. plus, service. plus service. Plus purpose. And that equals the breakthrough mode. And you're going to see how we get there, okay? It's gonna be a journey together. And every breakthrough, it answers how. Like, how are you gonna do something? How, how, how? We get all this information, all this information, we read all these books, but give me some hows. How, it's not to start with why Simon Sinek. Give me the how, how do you do it? So you'll see how we tie this in. Let's go through the formula one more time so I know it's burnt in your brain. First thing is what? Oh, beautiful, yes. 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 Holy smokes, you guys are better than nine o'clock. So much better. Come on, pat yourself on the back for that one. Let's dive in. All right. Confidence, the first part of the formula. If you've got notes, take these notes down. Confidence. So I've been over to Israel. I saw this, this beautiful, this beautiful temple mount in Israel, in Jerusalem. And it's got these stones. You can see it right up there. It's got these stones that are so massive, these big stones, these big cornerstones. But what you don't see is below. So you see the beauty on top. You see all this beauty up top, but below the surface, they take you down there and they show you what's on the foundation. 
And there's these stones that are massive, twice as big as the ones you see, twice as beautiful as the one you see. It's not what people see on the surface of us, but it's what's on the inside. It's the who we are. The confidence is all about figuring out who you are. Confidence. What is true confidence? Is true confidence about 15 of 18 in your stats? Is he gaining confidence for that? I mean, is confidence about your resume? Like I've helped NBA players go from go from average players to future Hall of Famers based on figuring out what their true confidence is. And we can look around this room and man, there's a lot of confident people, a lot of successful people, resumes, stats, bank accounts, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's not what true confidence is about. No, true confidence is about understanding who you are, your true self-awareness, who you are. That's the core. That's the foundation before anything else. One of my best friends, Jeremy Lin, blew up the NBA. If you remember this, if you're NBA fans, who's an NBA fan? Come on, Spurs. Come on, Spurs. All right, if you're not an NBA fan, too bad. This is going to go way over your head all the time. No, I'm sorry. Jeremy Lin went through this time in 2011, 2012 called Lin Sanity. Dude was like literally coming off the bench. I mean, he wouldn't even get playing time at all. Complete obscurity. But he finally got his opportunity to actually get some real minutes to start. And he was three days away from getting cut, like basically giving up on the NBA. He was done. And he goes in the game, and man, he just he prepared for this opportunity. He just goes off. He's going for game winners, 30 points a night. Man, he's spin moving Juke and Kobe. Like, he was the man out of nowhere. He's the number one trending thing in the world. Number one trending in the world. Think about that. If you popped open your phone, you looked at Twitter, like, woo, I'm the number one trending thing in the world? Instagram, I got a million followers? That feel pretty good, right? You're at the top of the mountain, yes? the top of the mountain. But if Jeremy was being honest with you, he would never want to go through that situation again. Because instead of living in the accomplishment and the appreciation for what he had been given for these God-given gifts, this, this, this awesome performance that he'd been given, he was living in the what ifs. You know, like what if I don't keep this up? He's like, what if I don't continue to score at this rate? What will people think of me? You guys feel that? Man, you feel that? Like, oh, what if I don't outdo the quarter before? my job. What if I don't do this? What if I don't hit this next level? What if, what if, what will people think of me? What if, what if, what if they find me out? What if I'm a fraud? What if they don't know? What if you guys didn't know this is my first time speaking at a church before? Good thing you do, so expectations are low. <laughs> and one of the biggest accomplishments that I've seen in my career is helping Jeremy come into his own, helping him find his true self-awareness, that he doesn't stand for stats on the basketball court. He doesn't stand for his performance on the floor, that he stands for so much more. That's just, that's just this is what he's doing. Like, that's, that's just the surface level. But he stands for his Taiwanese people. He stands for his faith in Jesus. And he also stands for being a great gourmet chef in the kitchen. Highly debatable. That's highly debatable. But he thinks he is. So think about that. Who are you? Not what you do. Not what your business card says. Like, whenever you introduce yourself to someone, they're like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? And you try to act really cool. And if you had an agent like Brent, he'd make you sound really cool. But like, when was the last time someone said, man, who are you? Who are you? Like, especially out in Los Angeles, it's like, what do you do? Oh yeah, what do you do? Oh, yep, I'm judging you. What do you, who are you? Think about that at your core. Who are you? And we got a word for confidence. We got a word, so good, so good. Jeremiah 17, seven. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Hey, think about that. You're blessed. You trust in the Lord whose confidence is in him. 
Like it doesn't have to be about us. If we get our confidence from God, it's just given to us. He's given to us, but yet we want to defend ourselves. Man, if only we had a tool for this, right? We do. Bust out those hands, baby. Get those hands out. Let me see those hands. Let me see those hands. Hey, all right. These hands, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how you can use this. These hands, they're going to wipe away the self-doubt. So every morning you wake up, you go by a mirror, right? At some point, hopefully to brush your teeth. I hope so. Yeah, go to the shower. There's a mirror there. That mirror is covered with self-doubt. That is the mirror of self-doubt. You get the choice to walk by and live in the self-doubt. 50,000 self-talk thoughts every day going through our brain. 80% of them are negative. Holy smokes, that's 40,000 if you guys are math majors. Negative. Hey, st simply stand right there and wipe it away. You just wipe away that fog. It's like the confidence stance, the power stance. Something like that, you're supposed to feel more confident. I don't know if it works or not. But I know this does. So one motion for me, guys. Wipe away the self-doubt. Here we go. Boom. It's gone. All right. First step is confidence. Repeat after me. It's confidence. Yes. And that's figuring out who we are. You guys good to get going? Next one. We're ready. Rolling, rolling. Okay. Second, cooperation. Cooperation. So has anybody been to... Cat's Deli, New York City. Anybody been to Cat's Deli, New York City? Please, 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 please. Have you really? Get it up there. Be proud. Crazy thing. Hey, crazy thing. In the 9 a.m., same seat as the first one was the Cat's Deli. Wow, that is the Cat's Deli. Hey, so they have this Reuben sandwich. Now, this Reuben sandwich is just world-renowned. There it is right there. Thing of beauty. Unbelievable. Let me break down these ingredients for you here, all right? Rye bread. Gross. Pastrami, mm -mm. sauerkraut, not going to touch it. Swiss cheese, disgusting. All these ingredients by themselves, I would never touch them. But you put them together. You put these misfits together, holy taste buds. It might be better than magnolia pancakes. It's that good. Hey, too often, though, think about it. We're all misfits. We talked about it. We're told that we are our weaknesses. People see our flaws. That's what you have to improve. Improve your weaknesses. No, man. God has given you a strength, all of us, a strength to live in. Use your strengths. Match them with other people to make the ultimate team. Hey, weaknesses? It's just a compliments wish list. You add together to make the team like the 98 Bulls where you got Jordan, the best scorer. You got Pippen, the best wingman. You got Kerr, the best shooter. You got Rodman, the best crazy man who you don't know what hair color he's going to show up with that night or if he's going to get kicked out or not. But this mismatch, these misfits come together to make the ultimate team. And that is what cooperation is about. You get to choose what type of people you're around. Now, obviously, at the office, you might have to deal with some people, but you can be the person that is always bringing the joy. You can be that person. We are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Man, I saw this just played out. 2014, 2015 NBA season. I got to spend time with the Golden State Warriors. Before they were the Golden State Warriors. I know we got Spurs fans in here. I'm sorry that they became that good. I, I had a lot to do with it, I know. No. <laughs> but they were like the New York Jets at the time. Like, they're horrible. But they had this guy, Steph Curry, who was coming to the NBA. And like, he's this three-point shooter. He doesn't fit in the NBA. He shouldn't be in the NBA. But he's this three-point shooter. And they're talking about shooting a ton of threes. NBA is like, get the ball into the post. Let the big man do work down there. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. All that kind of stuff. They had this other guy, Draymond Green. He's like, mm, you know what? Is he a forward? Is he a guard? Like, 
doesn't really look like he fits. So they had this group of misfits, and they were going to take a chance. They were going to step off the ledge and see if their, their, their wings grew on the way down. But it's so hard to do that, man. It is so hard to make a change, to actually like take that chance, take that one step. It's so hard. So I get to go to these practices and I'm thinking, man, wow, we're gonna have all these cool drills, all these cool shooting things. Like they're this high octane offense that's gonna shoot a bunch of threes. I'm gonna take all this stuff back, use it with my players. I'm gonna look really good. Whew, what I saw for the first hour of every single practice blew me away. Instead of all that, they're doing footwork, form shooting, ball handling, passing. The boring basics, the fundamentals. This team that was going to be the greatest team, the dynasty, was working on the fundamentals, the boring basics. Man, you guys have to go through that? Do you have fundamentals in your life that you might not necessarily enjoy, that you might not actually like doing? Yes, you embrace those because 80% of our day is habitual. So if you decide, you know what? I'm going to be the one that finds joy in the fundamentals. And that separates you from 99% of the population. Literally, if you want to take down one success note, if we're going to talk success notes, say, hey, I'm going to embrace fundamentals because nobody else wants to do them. That's what the Warriors did. And they had this banner above their, above their hoop. It just said joy. In big letters, it just said joy. So they knew they were going to show up every single day to practice, to work on these fundamentals and do them with joy. This group of misfits, these people that didn't make sense together, all these different strengths, they would come to practice with joy, working on the fundamentals, and they won the NBA championship that year. That started the dynasty. And the following year, best record in NBA history. Think about that. Like they weren't just doing what everybody else told them to do. They're around the people. Think about the people you want to build your team around, the people you want to be around. Not just the people that are going to be your yes men and just tell you how great you are, but the challenge, people that challenge you. The best leaders will challenge and support. Put those together. That's going to make your ultimate team. See what the word says about this. Look at this, Corinthians 1, 27, 29. Hey, lock in on this. This is awesome. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise foolish. God chose what is weak, all of us in the world, to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Man, he doesn't call all these Harvard grads. He calls them misfits. You are all called. We are all called. How great is that to know that? Just to know, we can be awkward, we can be weird, we can be goofy. I mean, I would just like break down a dance. You see how good I am at dancing? Oh, all right, I shouldn't have done that. But hey, we're all misfits. Put them together. That's what makes your ultimate team. And that's the where. So where are we finding our people? Where? Where do we find our people? Put them together. Okay. Also, don't you worry. I know you're thinking, oh, how are we going to use these hands? Bust those hands out again for me. Yeah, we got, hey, we've got the confident hands. Now, they took a stat in the NBA called high fives given. My favorite stat. Too many people, too many coaches that take all these stats. High fives given. The guy who led the NBA in high fives given every year, Steve Nash. Probably know Steve Nash. Had a lot of battles with the Spurs, I know. Anybody take a guess how many high fives per game he gave? Take a stab. How many, how many high fives per game, 48-minute game? How many? Someone say it loud. 
100, 200, holy high fives, that's a lot. 239 high fives a game. He was called the best teammate that anybody ever played with. He got players that didn't even deserve the contracts they got, like Amari Stoudemire, Joe Johnson, $100 million deals because he was a guy encouraging, giving high fives, supporting, challenging, yes, but always there giving high fives. Could you be that person? Could you be that person that walks into the office with a smile on your face, joy, even though it might suck? You might not be doing what you want to do. You might be in the grind, but hey, give it a high five. It's infectious. In, so I want you guys to bust out those hands and give high fives. Give the high fives. We got a lot of high fives going around. Come on. One, let me give you one life-changing thing that I've added into my life a couple years ago. Every morning, I will text three people or send them a video message that I haven't talked to for a while. And I'll say, hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're doing great. And I know you're doing a lot of great things. And just know that I'm here for you if I can help you or be there for you in any way. And the responses I've got from that, been amazing, sometimes life-changing. I've had people hit me back and like, ah, dude, I needed this. You don't know how down I was. Like I was contemplating taking my life, like that real. Because we don't know what people are going through. We put on this front, but we don't have to put on this front. God has told us, yo, it's cool to be a misfit. I'm gonna raise the week up. Like who did the people did Jesus pick? Did Jesus pick, let me see, let me get that Harvard scholar. Oh, ooh, that scientist, he's the one. Mm -mm. No, fishermen, tax collectors. These misfits, and Jesus is coming to change the world, and he picks these guys that don't even make sense? Man, that is so beautiful to just live in that. All right, we got our cooperation, the where, we got the high fives, so let's recap. First point was what? Confidence, Confidence. and that goes who we are, true self-awareness. Second point was what? Cooperation. Cooperation, who do you want to be around? Who do you want to be? Boom, that's your where. Third piece, keep this thing rolling. You guys ready for the third piece? This is service. Service, true, genuine service. Now, when I say the word service, you probably think, yeah, I'll go down to the local food bank and I'll help out there and, you know, yeah. But that's great. I mean, keep doing that. But true service is giving your time, giving you when it's not convenient for you when it's not on your schedule, when it doesn't fit into that color-coded Google Calendar. Trust me, I'm horrible at it. If anybody's bad at it, I'm bad at it. Like, I'll just be going like, no, you know what, I got this, I gotta get to the Zoom talk, I gotta get this phone call, I can't, mm -mm. but somebody might need you. Like, even last week, when I was back home, my wife came over, I have an amazing wife. Like, I, I hope she's watching this, because she's amazing, <laughs> beautiful, gorgeous, way cooler than I am. She comes over to give me a hug and just spend some time with me during the day, I was doing work, I was sitting over there doing work. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I just gotta get this done. Like, I got this call, I got this really important meeting, I get this done. But I was doing all of that so that I could get it done, so that I could spend time with my wife and give her a hug. Did I miss the boat there? Like, I was trying so hard to just keep doing, 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 doing that I missed the most important. I missed the true service. She needed a hug, she needed some time then. When you come in conversation with somebody and you're on a schedule and they might need you, Pour into them. Give them your time. That's the greatest gift that you can give is your time. And I found how real this is. For me personally, when I was coaching with the Nets, we were playing it down in Dallas, the Mavericks. I know, the Mavericks, yeah. Hated Mavericks. And I love being the first person on the floor. It's kind of like my ambiance. It's, oof, the court all to myself and everything. And this time there's another guy there, down there on the other side of the court who was terrible at shooting like he was not any good I walked by him and he says you know the older you get the legs go 
<sighs> Being a shooting coach, that ain't true. I can't let that slide. I mean, I can't let that fallacy slide. Like, no, uh-uh. I was like, no, it's not all about the legs. It's about how you generate your power, the momentum into your shot. So I could tell this guy was intrigued, but I didn't want to give this guy a 15, 20 minute, this random stranger a lesson. And thing is, though, a friend of mine had challenged. We were on this challenge together. Like, we're going to live in the service mode. And the gift of mine is to teach people how to shoot a basketball. Brent didn't need it. Obviously, he's a superstar and waiting for this NBA call-up. So I give this guy, I give this guy a 15-minute lesson. I'm just showing him, like, how to get more range on his shot, you know, the momentum into it. And he's making more shots, and he's eating it up. He's loving it. The real players have to come out and start warming up for the game. So we have to get off. It's like, hey, if you want, you want more, uh, more tips, just, I'll shoot you an email, no problem. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, Hands me his business card, I put it in my pocket. I'm on my way so I can get five minutes before the game, and I'm sitting there before tip-off, and I'm curious, you know? Like, who is this? Who's, who gave me his business? Who was I helping? Pull it out, Mark Cuban, <laughs> the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I've just been helping Mark Cuban harness his inner power for something he was passionate about. And now, like, I emailed him the next day after that. He got back to me within two minutes. I was like, dude, does this guy actually have these companies he's running? Or what's going on here? Now I can text him any business advice I need. He's there. Like, who better to ask for business advice than that? But that would have never happened if I was just in my own zone, if I was just so concerned about my own time, my own time. And now I'm not saying that, hey, that everybody's going to be Mark Cuban because it ain't going to happen like that. But what if you lived in that? Would it change somebody's life? We all talk about wanting to change people's lives. It doesn't matter how many you change. But if you change that one person, they could spark and change millions. And it all could be because of you living in this service mode. See what the word talks about in service. This is one of my favorite ones. I sound like a pastor here because I was reading this a couple weeks ago and I stopped on this point. I was like, whoa, see if you see this too. Luke 440. Now when the sun was setting, all of those who had any had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them whoa and healed them every one of them like think about this, this is jesus like if listen, if jesus were here you could look at all you guys and be like you guys are healed i'm off gotta go chill gotta fish fry tonight you know <laughs> every one of them like literally just touched them healed them spent time with them like, that's what I call the Jesus pace. Isn't it beautiful to think about Jesus got so much done? Yeah. So much done, impacted so many people. But was he ever hurried? Nah, dude was just strolling. Ah. All right, I'll give you an hour of my time. Jesus pace, beautiful is that? That's true service. Giving your time, think about it. Who can you give your time to in your life that needs you? Can you send out those messages? It can change somebody's life. So let's bust out those hands again. Now you don't think we're not going to use these hands again. These are our tools at all times. We have the confident wiping away hands. We got our high-fiving hands. Now, these are the service hands. Every time you enter a room, you got to open a door. Push it open. Turn that knob. Say the word serve. Look at your hands right now. Say serve. When you open that door, I did it when I walked in here because it's not about me. It's not about what I can get. It's about what you can get. If I can give you one piece to take away from this, that's amazing. Serve. Serve. And I'll tell you what, too, a little secret. Yes. Takes a lot of pressure off you, too. Like, I'm not trying to impress you guys. I could care less what you think. I got God. I got my beautiful wife. That's all I need. Serve. Kicks in that subconscious. You're going to serve when you enter that room. Okay, we're going to go to the fourth part. We good with one, two, and three? Let's recap. First part is what? Confidence. Yes. And that goes with the who. Second part is? Cooperation, that goes with the where. Third part we just did is? Service. 
service. And that goes with the what. Exactly. Good. The what. Because if, if you're only doing it for yourself, think about this. If you're doing it for your bank account, nobody in the history of ever has found contentment and joy in just doing it solely for themselves. Why are you going to be the first one? You're not. Okay. Moving on. The fourth piece. As we tie this all together. The last piece of the formula is purpose. Finding that true why. Purpose. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do, but it's who you're doing it for. So when we try to search for our purpose, it's not like, hey, I've got to be an NFL linebacker. If I've got to be that, that's my purpose. It's not about, it's not about the what, but it is about the who. And you all have God-given gifts. Whether you believe it or not, God has given us all a gift, all of us, but we block it. Man, when do we start, stop dreaming? Eight-year-olds will tell us whatever they want to be, but we won't. We block that off. One of the most attractive things to me is when somebody is just obsessed with their passion. I was in Omaha speaking earlier this week. We go to this coffee shop in Omaha, Omaha, middle of nowhere. And this guy's all about these, he's telling me all about this coffee cup, these beans, where they were roasted, like the temperature, the altitude. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I don't even know what I'm drinking, but I just love this story. Like anywhere you go where somebody's just pouring into their passion, using that gift to bring others joy. They're not using that gift to make a million dollars. It doesn't matter. But most of the time, when you pour into your passion like that, God will provide. Because he's like, yes, you're using my gift. That is the greatest gratitude that you can give to God. Use the gift he gave you, and we all have it. That's purpose. That is true purpose. Let's see what the word says about purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. Whoa! He already knows the plans he has for us. Hey, why are we living in uncertainty? He's got the plans declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Prosper you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If you need any other line to delete from uncertainty, have that locked in your phone. Americans on average touch their phone 2,197 times a day. Wow. What if you saw that 2,197 times a day? Life changing, right? What else we got? John 20, 27. Then he said to Thomas, because we doubt this, that last line, like we doubt this, it looks good, right? Oh, he's got the plan, yes, I know him. He's got the plan, he's got the hope, the future, but we doubt it. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe, believe, believe you have this ability, believe you have this breakthrough ability in you. Guys, look at your hands right now. Look at these hands. Think about this, these hands, they got calluses on them, right? They might have some cuts in them. They've been through a lot. You guys have been through a lot. Everything you've gotten through, you've gotten through. You're going to get through the next thing. Hey, look at these grooves in here too. You see these grooves? If you really look at your hand, there's so many lines. It's crazy. They're all different. It's like a snowflake. We are unique. That is a reason God did that. We are all unique. We have these hands that can get through anything. So we have our purpose, your obsession. Become obsessed with your passion. It's not about balance. Everybody says, hey, oh, obsession is a bad word. You got to be balanced, 80-20. No, balance is BS. You become obsessed with what you were made to do. I don't want to be 80-20 loving my wife. No way. I don't want to be 80-20 in my passion. No, that's my purpose. Purpose plus passion equals mission that you're on. Like all that other stuff, hey, throw it away. You don't need it. Figure out what your essentials are. Come on, yes. I like that energy there. You all have it. 
yeah, this is a, this has always been a dream of mine when I'm talking. I got a band coming up. Let's jam as we finish up here. They know the routine. Oh, oh, give me something, give me something. All right, let's recap it. So the first point is what? You guys say it. Confidence goes with the who. Yes. Cooperation goes with the where. Service goes with the what and purpose goes with your why. Great, but now the question becomes, when do these breakthroughs happen? When, you have the formula, but when do they happen? I can't tell you when they're gonna happen. Your breakthrough might not come for another week, month, year, 10 years, but I can tell you one thing. If you live in this formula of knowing who you are at the core, who God made you to be, the people around you, being that encourager, surrounding yourself, being that positive person, service, true, genuine service in the purpose of this gift that you've been given and actually using it for the good of others. You break through mode, you're gonna be in it. You're absolutely gonna be in it, it's gonna happen. It's what I call relentless consistency. Think about that, relentless consistency. Who are you when you show up every day? Are you that person that everybody knows? They're gonna come in with joy, encouragement. They're gonna be that same person every single day. Or are you the chameleon? Whatever your circumstances are, you're gonna rise and fall with your circumstances. Somebody is gossiping here, oh, I'm in there. You make that decision, relentlessly consistent. So I'm gonna leave you with one, one conviction. If you can take one thing away from today, I want it to be this, one thing. All right, we have our formula, we have our tool. We all wake up with a superhero power. We all have it. Every single day we wake up with a superhero power. That power is choice. Choice. The decisions we make, the choices we make, determine the breakthroughs we create. Every morning we all can choose who we're going to be who we're gonna show up as, the person we are to everybody around us. Are you going to love your kids? Are you gonna love your spouse? Are you going to be that person? You get to choose. Nobody makes that choice for you. God has the plans. He's already got it all worked out for you. Like he gives us our confidence. He lets you know like, it's cool to be a misfit. Look what I did with my son, Jesus. I've made him be around these people. We can be around those people too. We know that it's all about serving others. It's not about ourselves. We all have a gift, God's given this to us. You have the choice to live in this every single day. And when you do, hey, trust me, you're no longer searching for breakthroughs. You're no longer hoping breakthroughs come. You absolutely become the breakthrough. Thank you very much, Lord. Let's lift it up. Let's lift it up, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for just this gift of today. Man, extra hour of sleep, that's awesome. This gift of today, all these abilities and gifts you've given everybody in here. Lord, just let them know that they can let it out. It's okay if someone doesn't think they should be doing something. It's okay, man, if they get, if they get made fun of by this world, Lord. We know we're doing it for you. Just, just walk with us, guide us, hold our hands as we go through it. We just pray for wisdom and the ability to break through, Lord great, amazing breakthroughs for everybody in here today. And Lord, please let the San Antonio Spurs make the playoffs. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Man. Yeah, baby. First time speaking in a church. He's doing pretty good. Hey, man. What's the movie? 
Was the movie better than you expected? Yeah. Was it a good movie? Come on, you gotta be say honest. Yes in here. Yeah, it was. Everybody's shaking their head no. <laughs> yeah. And his wife is watching, so you know we. Yes, yes Taylor. I told you I talk about you yeah. on every talk, Taylor. Amen. <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, I've read his book, Pivot and Go. It's a great book. Uh, something that's really, you know, helped me just get your mindset right. 29 days, you write inside of there. You got this new book coming out, Breakthrough. Uh, life op optimization coach trying to help people get better, whether it doesn't matter really what field they're in. Player op uh, a player development coach, you know, or shooting coach, however you say it. But so, so there's this, this underlining theme that is kind of around your life. I want to, you're going to live with moments in your life putting your time towards things that make people better. And that's not necessarily how the world operates. A lot of people totally. operate on, I'm just gonna do the things that I get something from it, right? Totally. What is it about you? Did, did it start with something when you were young? Is it just something that's innately on the inside of you? Maybe it was something that happened, I mean, if I go psychologist on you, is it <laughs> something that you didn't people didn't believe in you, so you had to fight for yourself and you came out on the other side like, I can do it so everybody else can do it? Like, why, why is that? It? I mean, it's a little. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, I'm answering the question for you. I've been a, there, a little so chip I'm... on your shoulder too, but just, just like, just seeing just pure joy in people. I've been working with NBA players for years, and there's a time that I had like 26 guys, just like these all-star guys on the court, and I didn't get excited about them just becoming a better shooter because that's just a little piece of who they are. But when they like, when they found joy in something more than just basketball, and realizing they had this platform to create great positive change, and I saw them out there living it and doing it. And like some of them were coming to Jesus through that. Like that is amazing. Wow. That is amazing. So I love just seeing people authentically, just 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 absolute joy. And it, the funny thing is, like I just don't want to do it. And like man, if, if I give so much, like what am I getting? If you pour and pour and pour into other people without expecting anything in return, it's just the way it works. It's just the way God works. He pours it all back into you tenfold. Amen. It's crazy. Crazy. Amen. What would you say is probably one of the craziest stories that you have? Okay. Yeah, just in general. Okay. It's just a fun one. This craziest fun stories one. like story. travel or NBA? I'll give you an NBA one. I've just been yeah. many times. Like I we just want to hear the crazy. I ate some things in... I or some... about a crazy person. How about that? <laughs> Plenty of them. I ate some things in China where I shouldn't be alive anymore. But anyway, there's another time, another story. I was lost in Brazil. I thought I was dead out there too. But here's a crazy story. It's applicable for everybody. So I was, when I got with the Nets... So I'm this, this young, up-and-coming shooting coach, and, and I'm working with Joe Johnson. Now, he's this eight-time All-Star. I'm this 28-year-old. Joe's like, you know, 32, and he's just awesome. He asked me to do a workout for him. So I'm like, okay, I can even work out these All-Stars. I can help these All-Stars. Let me pull out my bag of tricks. I'm going to do all these cool drills. I was giving him my best stuff, this two-ball, his tennis ball, everything like that. He's busting his butt. He's going through it hard. Like, he's sweating. I'm like, I'm dominating one of the best players in the NBA. I got this. Goes for an hour. Shooting free throws at the end. He said, yo, kid, come here. I was like, oh, uh, I know something's trouble. He called me kid. I'm like, coach. I'm a like, kid. Yo, kid, come here. None of that that we just did had any application to my game. That didn't help me at all. I was like, whoa. So, hey, I learned there, it's not about what I can do. It's like, how can I help this guy improve? I should have asked him, hey, Joe, what do you want to work on? What do you think is uh, how you can improve? Like, where is it? But I was here saying, look how good I am. I'm this guy that can do this. And it's probably, it's probably what ended up getting me fired too. So when I was wrapping up that, when I was wrapping up that story, we said, hey, you have your breakthroughs. I made it, I made it, I made it. But when, if our breakthroughs we think we have actually aren't our breakthroughs. So I, we went from 28th 
to second in three-point shooting percentage when I was there. Whew, all this media, this guy's in. This GM gave me a, or offered me a three-year three contract, said, we're locking this down. New head coach comes on at the end of the year. Boom, fired, door shut. But what happens when one door shuts? Or open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. Now I live in Marina Del Rey overlooking the ocean. I'm my beautiful <laughs> wife who I'd have never met. I Amen. get to do this? I get to come hang with you guys? Man. It's amazing. Uh, I like asking the question, what, what is something you say all the time that we're not going to read in your books that stumped you last service? So I'll ask you this. <laughs> I what don't is, know. I say everything. I'm authentic. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you how it is. What is one thing that's made the biggest impact on your life and maybe who was it from? Mm, okay. Biggest impact on my life actually came when I was in college. Teammate of mine, young guy, I was a senior, he's a freshman. He asked me to go to this thing, Fuel. Fuel was just like a, you know, to hang out, Christian hangout. I was like, all right, whatever, man, I'll go with you. And I go and I see these people just like, they're praising. I wasn't used to it. Like I was all about me. They're just praising, they're, I mean, they're high-fiving, they're hugging. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What drug are these people on? <laughs> So I was like, I gotta figure out what drug this is because I need some of this. So I'm like, oh, I'll come back, I'll come back, I'll dig a little deeper. And then just time after time, time after time, I was like, hey, this is Jesus. This is the true love of Jesus. This is no drug. Yeah. I need this. I had everything on the surface. I was basketball player, you know, BMOC, big man on campus type of thing. Western Illinois, so it's not really that tough to do that. But that's the biggest impact. Just this freshman kid, and he was putting my life to just lead me to Jesus. Wow. Amazing. And, wow. And, and yeah. he's a pastor now. What? He is a pastor now, yes. Wow. In Iowa. We got to go that? speak at his church now. Yeah. There you go. So, tell, him, to. tell him you're an expert now. Basically, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you got it. You do it one time, you're an expert. You've been to a, <laughs> you've been to a, you've been to another country. Yeah. And you spoke there. You're an international speaker. Hey, man. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm kidding. That's right. International. Y'all don't know. It's just whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's done. He does nothing of what I told you today. He's just. <laughs> we made all that up. Uh, what is something that's on your heart? Um, what is something on your heart today that you have yet to start to work to accomplish? Mm. Yeah, man, these amazing questions. On my heart, that I haven't started working to accomplish. I'm trying to stump him. I just want to stump him. That's something I'm gonna have to actually like really think about. I know Good. there's a lot of things that I want to do, but I mean, you know what it is, honestly? Like I'm in this book world and speaking world and, and like I wanna be this New York Times best-selling author and could be close. I'm talking to friends of mine. Like I talked to the guy, a friend of mine who wrote The Morning Miracle and we we're having this conversation. He's like, yeah, man, I just, it was just like three million copies. I wish I could sell more. Three million copies? What? Man, I'm, working, I'm, I'm glad if I sell three to my, my parents, my wife, and Brent. <laughs> That'd be four, though, so. <laughs> but really, the thing is, like, just everything that comes in is I just, like, I really want to fully do this better because I don't do a great job of it. It's just reflecting it off to God, reflecting it. Like, it's nothing that I'm doing. Yeah. Like, being up here speaking has nothing to do with me, and I don't want to feel like, oh, this is me. This is me doing it. So I want people to just know, like, when you're around me, boom, it's reflected. Boom, it's reflected. Yeah. So I know, like, being completely open with you guys like I need to do a better job of that and I want to start working more at that nice it's awesome Thanks, I'll guys. tell you he's always like this like <laughs> some people are like man you really put it on I've had people ask me lately it was weird that people ask me lately like 
Are you the same on stage and off stage? Like they've asked, people have asked me a lot yeah. lately. I mean, it hasn't been happening in a long time. And, I, and one, one way I articulated it to Sinise was, there's different responsibilities. On stage, there's a responsibility I have to pastor and shepherd. When I'm at home though, it's a different responsibility. I got some crazy kids. <laughs> you may pop in my door and I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> You're not gonna see me like that at church. <laughs> just different responsibilities so he's like this all the time his text messages are the same way bold letters <laughs> exclamation exclamation point I'm like man I, I need to call him to get that back because I don't I don't text like you so uh, but he's awesome he he tr you truly live what you you preach up here you speak up here so but you know what it is really, yeah what is that it's too hard to be somebody else yeah that's true like, it's way too hard to try to be someone else. I can't be anybody else <laughs> So hopefully you like who I am. <laughs> Actually, I don't care, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about you. Thank you so much, my dude.